Greetings and blessings, and welcome to the fifth episode of 5050, a look back 50 years ago and a countdown to my 50th birthday celebration. I'm your host, Jason, podcasting from my new secret bunker in Denver, Colorado. Thanks for joining me. First of all, my apologies for not posting an episode last week. I will try to produce at least one show a week on Mondays. Uh, last week, well, come to think of it all the time, is a bit hectic now. I've moved back into a secret bunker in Denver, looking for a better secret bunker to share with a special someone, hoping one day to move to yet another bunker in a distant land that isn't quite so hot. So the purpose of this podcast is to zoom out, way out, and take a longer view of time, to slow down for just a moment and reflect on just what it is we're doing here. Since I've been back in Los Esclavos Unidos, for all you Spanish speakers, I've been thinking a lot about money. And it's not just because I need some, but I do need some. I figure if we're all expected to spend our most precious time on this planet trying to get more of it, we at least ought to know what it is, right? And, and what is it? And here's where it all ties into the whole 50 years thing. But I'm going to cheat a little and go a bit further to August 15th, 1971. We must protect the position of the American dollar as a pillar of monetary stability around the world. That's when President Nixon announced he was severing the link between the U.S. dollar and gold, ending the Bretton Woods system, which had been in place since July 1944. Why did he do that? Well, I can't say for sure, but one reason may have been because he realized that wars were very expensive. As David Graeber wrote in debt. Nixon floated the dollar in order to pay for the cost of a war in which he ordered more than 4 million tons of explosives and incendiaries dropped on cities and villages across Indochina. The debt crisis was a direct result of the need to pay for the bombs, or to be more precise, the vast military infrastructure needed to deliver them. This was what was causing such an enormous strain on U.S. gold reserves. The article I'm linking to, Uncovering the Hidden Cost of the Petrodollar, goes into great detail about the alliance that later formed between Saudi Arabia and the United States, one that remains as strong as ever today. It's still about the oil, baby. But in the lead-up to that was the famous oil crisis that began in 1973 the year I arrived on the scene. The article continues. In 1973, Arab petroleum exporters of OPEC decided to quadruple the price of world oil and embargo the U.S. in response to its support for Israel during the Yom Kippur War. In just a few years, a barrel of oil rose from less than $2 to nearly $12. Faced with double-digit inflation and declining global faith in the dollar, Nixon and his Secretary of State and National Security Advisor Henry Kissinger came up with an idea that will allow them to keep guns and butter going in the post-gold standard era and alter the fate of the world. 
1974, they sent new Treasury Secretary William Simon to Saudi Arabia to find a way to persuade a hostile kingdom to finance America's widening deficit with its newfound petrodollar wealth. Simply put, a petrodollar is a U.S. dollar paid to a petroleum exporter in exchange for oil. As a Bloomberg report says, the basic framework was strikingly simple. The U.S. would buy oil from Saudi Arabia and provide the kingdom military aid and equipment. In return, the Saudis would plow billions of their petrodollar revenue back into treasuries and finance America's spending. This was the moment that the U.S. dollar was officially married to oil. I think about all this 50 years later, as the U.S. scrambles to maintain its economic dominance in the world, imposing sanctions on Russia, posturing against China, slyly crawling back to Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela. Say, brother, could you spare a drop? Gas is really expensive in the U.S. now, biting many folks in the ass. I hope we can put all this oil nonsense behind us soon, but I'm not going to hold my breath. It's not going to end until the big oil corps squeeze every last drop of profit out and all the wells are dry as bone. But by then, maybe all our cars will run on moonlight. Or maybe we could just learn to fly. As I record this episode, there are 195 days, one hour, and 45 minutes until my 50th birthday. I hope you'll be able to help me celebrate. See you next week.